exalt you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Father, your presence, oh God. Father, we would become God's spiritual leaders, oh God. That we would become, Father God, men and women of exampleship, oh God. That we would be men and women of excellence, oh God. That we become everything you call us to be, Father God, Lord Jesus. That we would get ourselves out of being stuck, oh God. But that we would God, grab passion and desire and hunger like never before, God, for your vision, for your purpose, for our destiny, oh God. But you would stir us up, oh God. So we thank you for everything you're doing in this house. We thank you for the pastors of the house, oh God. We thank you for the laborers, the leaders, oh God. We pray that you bless them and strengthen them, oh God. Have your way, have your way, have your way, have your way tonight, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, so you just sing that song. Sing it one more time. Just lift up your hands. Lift up your hands and sign of surrender. Just surrender all. Just surrender it all. Surrender it all tonight. You paid for me what you did not owe So that I could know you How can it be You chose someone like me To declare your praise For the glory of team you guys did a tremendous tremendous job amen Ooh, that was a tremendous worship amen praise the lord it's it, it's a blessing and an honor to be with you tonight amen uh, i know pastor raymond and his wife and his beautiful family his his daughters and his sons it's a blessing to, to know them and to know the church to see what god's doing here to see how much god has taken you guys to, to uh, glory to glory amen to different places at different heights because i'm telling you today that if god calls you and if god chosen you God will begin to provide. Come on, somebody. God, God's a God that brings provision. God brings provision in the middle of struggle, in the middle of situations. God always shows up. God always shows up. There's so much stuff to talk about, about leadership. There's so many things. I was talking to your pastor on the way here, and we're talking about a lot of different things. It says some pastors just think about equipping you, equip, men being equipped, and we forget about the spiritual part of leadership, that it, it, it takes a lot to be spiritual. It's easy to be a natural leader, but to be a spiritual leader takes a lot of work. To be a spiritual leader takes a lot of work. Amen. So we're going to be talking about a lot of different things this week, if we can, if God permits and the time permits us. But there's one thing I want to talk about tonight, if I can. I want to talk about running the call of excellence. Running in the call of excellence. If God has called you to, to be a leader, if God's called you to work in the ministry of leadership and, and, and to be over ministry or to be involved in ministry, then you want to have to learn to be excellent in that position, in that place. Can somebody say amen? amen? And so you need to understand a few things before we get going that ministry, a lot of times, is inconvenience. It'll inconvenience your life, it'll inconvenience your ministry, I mean, excuse me, it'll inconvenience your marriage. Having children <laughs> or working with your children. I, I, I'm married. I've been married for over 20 years. I've got three children. I've I got a beautiful son and two daughters. And, and uh, um, one thing that I've learned is that it might have interrupted. It might have been inconvenienced. But it was healthy for my marriage. <laughs> so just a few things we're going to get into, some stuff. But I want you guys to know that leadership is very important. But a lot of times people just teach about leadership 
I forget to teach about discipleship. We teach you how to lead, but then we forget how to teach you how to follow. So now you're leading without understanding the comprehension of following. How do you know a man's going to be a great leader? By the way he follows. Not by the way he leads, by the way he follows. If he follows instructions right, if he, if he follows through with what he's told to do, if she, if she can submit, if she can understand, if she can, if she can like your worship leader right here, she, she, didn't, she didn't freak out, she didn't trip out. All I said is sing again, and she, whoop, she did it again. That's a sign of a good leader. I know, I know worship leaders that you tell them, see anybody. And they get stuck. So that was a great, great, a great, great to see that. Amen. In Psalms 105, Psalms 105, verse 17, Psalms 105, verse 17. The Bible says, he sent a man before them. Joseph, who was sold as a slave, they hurt his feet with fetters, and he was laid in irons until the time that his word came to pass. The word of the Lord tested him. Father, we thank you for everything you're doing in this house. Lord, we thank you, God, for the pastors, oh God, that their heart for their leaders, oh God, for their people, for the church, for the community, for the city. God, that they have a burden, God, and a passion to see leadership be developed and grow and grab an understanding, oh God, that you caused this time to come to place. I pray, Lord, you would just speak to us, oh God, that we would get revelation of your word, God, that we would grab a hold of everything you have for us uh, this next few days, Father. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. And everybody says... Amen, amen. Look at really quickly if I can uh, as I begin to break some things down here. As this scripture shows, three scriptures, 17 through 19, the Bible talks about Joseph. Now, Joseph was called. Joseph was chosen. He had a dream. He had a vision to do great things. He was a, a, a leader being taught, being groomed for great leadership. Like all of us, we might be in a position, but having position doesn't make us spiritual leaders. Being in position doesn't even make us great leaders. It just gives us a lot of responsibility, accountability. Amen. And so here the Bible talks about Joseph. He was sold as a slave, church. And the Bible goes on and says they hurt his feet. Now, now when they hurt his feet, this represents they hurt his emotions, his family, and his relationship with God. Because when you're in leadership, you're going to get hurt. Someone say hurt. hurt. You're going to get emotionally. You're going to get emotional stress, emotional uh, discomfort. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Anybody know that sometimes you're going to have some, some hurt within your relationship with God? Sometimes we'll start blaming God for a lot of things. I've been in ministry, I've been pastoring now for many years, and I've been saved for like, like about 25 years. And um, I've learned a lot of things. I learned that ministry will bring out the best in you, but also the worst. Amen. When you look at the, the, his, 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 hurt his feet, also it says with fetters. Fetters represent, means this, to restrain from motions or actions. So listen carefully. Here's a man who's called. A man who's chosen, a man who's, 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 who's growing in leadership, who started going through, listen carefully, through all these emotional hurts. And the purpose was to this, to restrain him from growing anymore. So some of the things you go to is to restrain you from growing, to restrain you from being excellent, to make you get lost in your hurt. How many of you, how many of you got lost in your hurt? You focus on your hurt and your pain that you forgot that you were called and chosen. That you forgot you're great and mighty. That you forgot greater he that's in you than he that's in the world. And so we need to come to that place. We understand that the enemy is trying to very much to restrain you from becoming great as a church, as a family, and as leaders. It goes on. It talks about these words. It says, he was laid in irons. Now, listen to this. Hmm. The enemy will try to hurt you and keep you 
motionless in your call of excellence, church. In your call of excellence. Until the time that his word, some say his word. His word came to pass. All of us have a time clock. Some say time clock. All of us have a time clock on our lives. I'm going to read, I'm going to read that really, really quick. Until the time that his word, his prophecy, what God spoke on him, his leadership, his equipping, his training, his hurt, his emotional discomfort, the attacks, the good times, the bad times, before it came to pass. Someone say, before it came to pass. The word of the Lord tested him. Every great leader will be tested. And the great thing about that is God allows everything to take place for purpose and destiny. It's not that God don't love you. He loves you enough to let you go through it. We, we've been through so much as a church. My church uh, burned down two years ago. I don't know if your pastor told you about it. We, God, we, we started pastoring. I started pastoring about 14 years ago. And uh, my pastor didn't send me out. He threw me out. Hallelujah. In a good way. He said, he goes, Edgy, let's go check out this church. There's a place where, let's go look at this place really quick. I'm not, it's not for you, but it's for somebody else. So okay, let's go take a look at it. And we went to go look at the church. And he goes, oh, and he, he walked in. And he looked. And he goes, oh, wow. This is you, pastor. This is you, Edgy. This is you. I'm like, oh, Jesus. It was in the boondog. It was nowhere to be found. Uh, it, was, it was in a crazy spot where we were at. And I said, oh, pastor, whatever you want me to do, I'll do, pastor. Amen. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do, pastor. Whatever you say. And so uh, uh, we, we started pastoring out there. And, and um, the Lord started moving within a year. We started pastoring. Listen, Kevin, I'm going to tell you. That church there got jealous because we all grew them in a year. And they've been there for over 20 years. Amen. And so they threw us out on a Sunday morning. It threw us out on a Sunday morning, church. Sunday morning, they closed the door. They didn't want to let us inside because they used to have service in the morning that we had it right after them. And so I told the pastor there, you know what? If you can have at least reverence and respect for my elders, can they just come in and sit down in the chairs because they're elder people we have? No, no, that's your problem. My wife told me. So I got a little frustrated. You know we all are. (laughs) So my wife told me, keep your hands in your pocket. I said, okay, praise the Lord. Because I didn't grow up in the church like half you guys. Praise the Lord. That was a joke. That was a joke. Got to make you laugh before I make you cry. Hallelujah. And so, so we, we, they didn't want to let us back in that church. And, and all of a sudden, this pastor opened his church down the street. And in that transition, we lost over 100 people. We went down to about 35 people within two, three weeks. We were looking, trying to find a building. We were trying to find something what God had for us. And then God told me, stop looking, go home. So I went home and started praying. And this pastor called me. He says, Pastor Reggie, God told me to give you my building. You don't hear me, though. God told me to give you my building. It's debt-free. I said, well, praise the Lord. Come on, somebody. So we went there debt-free, $1.5 million building. Gave it to us debt-free. Started working, started building, started building, started launching out churches, started planting churches, started discipling, started training, leadership class. My class that I have is college accredited. Uh, um, if you go through my course, it's, you get five credits uh, for college. I don't know how that happened, the grace of God, because I tell people I only went to eighth grade and ninth grade for lunch. You can tell. Hallelujah. <laughs> but we're, we're, with, we're, we're connected with, I'm teaching one of my courses right now. I'm talking about that right now. We are, we are involved with, uh, um, with uh, Trademark and, and with Copeland and all these other guys that God allowed us to connect with. And not because anything I know, not because nothing, not because nothing I know, not because I, I knew, it's because of who God is. Amen. Come on, somebody, because who God is. And after that church, that church building on a Sunday morning, we're having a conference called Reset. Someone say Reset. reset. God will sure reset your life. That Sunday, that Sunday right, after, right after conference that night, our whole building burned down. We had just got done remodeling it. We had got done on our third, our third remodel. We were just fixing all the children's classrooms, the sanctuary outside. We had just got done putting in a couple hundred thousand dollars in that building, and the whole building burnt down. And now, now you can tell me the word of the Lord will come and test you. 
The word of the Lord will come and test you. I'm telling you today that there's no one who's going to get away from it. No pastor, no leader. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how young you are. You will not get away with being tested by God. So all of a sudden, now we're two years are going by, and now we are in the Marriott, and all of a sudden, a year ago, we bought his new location, the four acres. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, God's a God that's able. We bought a 35,000, 35, square foot building. If it's about 800 people, uh, one sanctuary, if it's another 500 people, God is able to do whatever he wants to do. But God will test you. You'll find out what kind of leader you are. It's not what you say who you are. It's when the fire comes. It's when the testing comes. You'll find out who you really are. You might say you're a, you're a, you're a popcorn, but when the heat comes on, you end up being something else. You, you end up popping and you're now you're a banana. You ain't no, you ain't no kernel. Sometimes when you look, at, you look at seeds, you can't tell what, kind, what, a, what a fruit is, but it's seeds sometimes. Some you can, but some you can't until it's planted and it gives bare fruit. So we won't know who we really are until we really test it. Joseph had the coat of many colors. He had it on until it became him. Oh, you, you got to hear what I'm about to say right now. Somebody gave him that title. Somebody gave him that garment that was a beautiful garment. It had a lot of power. It had a lot of responsibility. had a lot of, lot of, had of authority on it. But then it was chicken from him. Now he had to build a spiritual, a spiritual coat of many colors. Now what they said he was had to come back out of him. Somebody say out of me. And so you need to understand, excellence will come out of you. We all need to understand, if we're going to run in this ministry, if we're going to run in our calling, then we need to learn to be excellent. Someone say excellent. 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 Go to Genesis chapter 39. Genesis chapter 39. Verse 1. 39 verse 1. When you have it, say amen. You can't miss it. Amen. It's in the... Run your Bible, hallelujah. Let's start in verse 1. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian brought him from the Ishmaelites, who had taken him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a what? A successful man, my God. And he was in the house of the master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all that he prosper in his hand or all succeed in his hand. Listen to what I want to tell you. If anyone was faced with adversity and being successful or excellent, it was Joseph. Here was a guy who was remember called chosen. His brothers tried to kill him, throw him in the pit, sold into slavery. Now he's in slavery and he's being prosperous. He's being excellent. One of the main keys here, church, if you're going to be a leader, you have to learn to be with Jesus. The Bible says really simple. Now Joseph had been, verse 2, and the Lord was with Joseph and he was a successful man and he was in the house of the master of the Egyptian. My God. You see what I'm saying? Why? Because Joseph was with the Lord. You cannot be a leader and not be involved with God. Some say we need to pray. Some say we need to read. Some say we need to study. We, 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 we need to do these things. We need to stay connected. We need to, we need to know, and we need to stay open. Listen carefully. He was thrown into a pit, guys. He was sold into slavery and many other things. But that still didn't stop him from being excellent. You got, you got to hear this. You got to, leader, listen, leader, listen, listen. He was thrown into a pit, sold into slavery, and many other things, and still didn't stop him from being excellent. They took, my, they, they, uh, they threw us out of our church. They, they, our church burned down. I still had to believe God. I still had to tell our church, God's going to do great things. I could have died and I could have, I could have withered away. I could have hid. I could have been like, Ooh. <laughs> but I said, no, I told our church, God has greater things. 
God has bigger things. God has mightier things. What the devil meant for bad, God meant for good. I had to be that leader that was going to lead in our people. So I can see Joseph. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't doubt Joseph went through some stuff in his mind, but it never came out of his mouth. Huh. I don't doubt that you and I would go through things mentally. We have to learn to watch how we talk. Listen to this. Joseph had to fight himself. This is where I'm going to go with real quick. Someone say fight himself. What I mean by fight himself is he had to take a look at his situation and not let it win him nor keep him down. He had to fight what he really wanted to say. God, why? You called me, you chose me, you gave me a coat of many colors, you gave me a dream, and you sold me into slavery, threw me in the pit, my brothers turned on me. Tell you, leadership is for everybody, but some, not everybody can take leadership. Amen. I'm going to say it again. Leadership is for everybody, but not everybody can handle leadership. Even though Joseph was enduring hardship, this is what I'm going to tell you. Because he stayed under the authority of his master, he became successful. There was pressure on Joseph on how he functioned because he knew about responsibility and how to handle responsibility of, other, of others. He said this word, he said this, I'm going to respect the authority that's all my life. Listen, he's, he is with Potiphar. I'm going to have to get a little deeper here. Listen to this. It wasn't who Potiphar was. It was the principle of authority. Because he respected that authority. Even the authority was wrong. But because he submitted the authority, he was still successful. The power of success comes through submitting to authority. Someone say authority. Mm. Not because of who the master was again, but because of the principle. Somebody say principle. The principle of authority, guys. There is power in submission and submission to authority. There is excellence produced while under authority. This is what I'm going to tell you right now. There are some things that, can only, that we can only learn while being under authority. There's some things you'll never learn if you're not under authority. You can't lead right if you don't learn how to follow right. You cannot be a great Elisha unless you learn how to serve like an Elisha. I'm going to stay in tune here. There's so much I want to say. I'm going slowly. I'm preaching it, brother. Preaching it. I'm teaching right now. Listen to this. You cannot be an authority unless you are willing to be under authority. And listen to what I'm about to say right now. Wherever we are at, like Joseph, in the middle of his problem, some of his problem, he became excellent. You got you to you catch that. You got to catch that. Where did he become excellent, guys? Oh, you guys got an A. Hallelujah. Where did he become excellent? In the of Where did he become excellent? In the of Where did he become excellent? In the, of In the middle of his problem, he became excellent. So what's our excuse? Amen. He was called. He had a dream. All hell broke loose. But he remained excellent. There's a lot to learn from this man. There's a lot to learn from this leader. I'm telling you, we must become successful in the middle of our problems, guys. In the middle of our hurts. In, a, in the middle of our mis misinterpretations. In the middle of stuff don't make sense. 
he became successful in the middle of all his problems because we are called. Someone say we are called, we are called. to be excellent. We are called to be excellent. God, God gets uneducated, untrained people, and he turned the world upside down. Jesus gets people that didn't have anything and empowers them with authority over scorpions and poisons and all these things to heal the sick, the blind. God gets us. Men that are full of problems, flaws, shortcomings and makes them powerful he gets women equips them prepares them makes them sharp i'm telling you man if you have any struggle right now god will straighten out your struggle god will, god will heal all the wounds because he wants his men and women to become great and to become excellent everybody with me so far see the word excellent means this so i want you to understand this the word excellent means this, possessing good qualities in high degree, an outstanding feature, something in which something or someone excels because excellent has became their center point. Possessing good qualities. I don't know about you, but I had bad qualities. I, 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 I didn't know what it was to, to, have, uh, to be outstanding in, in, in my feature or, or possess some great excellent things or speech or anything like that. But let me tell you carefully, but God began to add to it. God began to add to me. God began to show me. God began to train me. And my, the, my pastor began to equip me and mentor me and work with me. To become a great leader, it takes leaders to work with them. Everybody with me so far? I, I said and I talked to the, this pastor one time at a conference and he asked me, Pastor Edgy, he goes, how do you have all these disciples and how do you have all these leaders and how, do you, how, do you, how are you raising these churches and, and these men and people that are able to do anything? I said, listen, make careful. I go, let me tell you something. I said, I cannot blame my people for something I have not taught them. But as soon as I teach them, I'm sure going to blame them. <laughs> so if you're not teaching them, don't blame them. But as soon as you teach them, you can hold them accountable. He looks at me, he looks at me, I go, so... What have you been teaching your people? He didn't talk to me for three days. <laughs> and finally, after the, the last night of conference, he comes to me and says, you know, Pastor, I'm sorry. He said, because, you know, that hit, that hit at home. I expected them to know everything. He goes, you can't expect them to know everything. You don't know everything. I don't know everything. I says, and, and so you can't expect them to know what's right or wrong. You got to teach them. They might know the basics. Even That's, that's even sometimes that's, you know, I'm going to even teach the basics. <laughs> Everybody with me so far? Amen. Church, I'm telling you, sometimes in our walk with God, excellence should become our center point or our reference point. Amen. See, Jesus is our reference point, right? He's where we go when something goes wrong or, 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 or strain in our leadership, we should refer back to Jesus. Okay, Jesus. You're a forgiver, you're merciful, you're graceful, you love me. You always give me back on track. So, so as leaders, listen carefully, as leaders, being excellent should be a reference point. Okay, I'm getting weird. I need to get back to excellence. I'm misbehaving. I need to get back to excellence. I'm thinking weird. I need to get back to excellence. I'm talking weird. I need to get back to excellence. Because if you start thinking it, you, you start speaking it, you'll start acting it. And that's, that's a, a recipe for knowing if you're tripping. If you're thinking, speaking, and acting. Everybody okay so far? I'm going to talk about five simple things, five simple rules that will show us how to rise through excellence from the middle of our obstacles. Is that okay? I'm going to teach you that how to get out of your mess, how to get out of your, your, your problem, how to pull past your trials of, and your obstacles of excellence. Through excellence. Let me say through excellence. So I'm going to, I'm going to, if I can, the, the, if time permits, you let me know, you guys, please. At the, um, I don't want to be here all day. I just got off the plane. He's, okay, we're good. All right. Genesis 39. Genesis 39, verse 1. Genesis 39. Your pastor, I got here and I got 415. Your pastor picked me up, changed my shirt, and brought me straight over here. Good pastor. <laughs> 
Genesis 39, verse 1. Genesis 39, verse 1. Uh, I've, been, I've, been, I've been praying for you guys. I've been preparing myself for you guys. and been asking God, you know, God, I want to come and I want to bless them. I want to be able to impart into your church. I, I called your pastor. You pastor, you know what? I want to thank you for bringing your wife and your kids and coming down and just coming to our conference. I was blessed to have you and your wife and the kids come down. I was blessed. I was blessed to have your sons come down and to have them there in our conference. Amen. And, and all the other pastors came. Pastor Anthony and his family came down. But I, told, I called them Raymond. says, Raymond, whatever I could do for you, let me know. I'm here for you, whatever I can do to bless you. Uh, we always go down with Anthony. We always go down with Anthony. I want to come down to visit you. I want to come and visit my white folks over here. I've always visited my black folks to come over here now. Hey. I was like, show me some love. He said, you know, he said, he said come down. We're going to be doing something. So I'm telling you, I am blessed. I really am blessed and honored to be with you guys here. So I want to thank you guys for having me. Amen. Thank you guys. Amen. Genesis 39, verse 1. 39, verse 1 again, if we can, verse 1. Um, going, we, started, we went to verse 2. It says, the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Now look at verse 3 through 5. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. Then he made him overseer of the house. And all that he had put under his authority. Wow. So it was from that time that he had made him overseer of his house. And all that he had, all that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. Wow. For Joseph's sake, that house was blessed, man. And all that he had in the house and in the field. Wow. Number one thing, church, is to be excellent in helping others to succeed. If we're going to be an excellent leader, then we have to learn to help others succeed. Somebody say, help others. You know, I've learned that some leaders don't want to help other leaders. Some leaders get it. I'm going I'm to be dealing with jealousy and all that. This, the believe I am right now. I'm be dealing with, with I, I, I got leaders that tell leaders, I want you to train them. Prepare them. Because I, I don't want you to stay stuck. I don't want you to ask me for a day off or, excuse me, rephrase. I don't want you to ask me for a vacation when you ain't got nobody to take your spot. The reason why we want you to train other leaders so that when you do want to take vacation, there's somebody there to take care of the ministry. It's not just because anything else, but we want the ministry to function healthy. Everybody with me so far? I'm not going to talk to you as new believers. I'm not going to talk to you as new Christians. I'm talking to you as leaders now. And leaders need to understand that at your job, if you work at your job, you don't just do whatever you want at your job. There are certain rules, certain regulations. You can't just get up and take off. If you don't got nobody to take your spot, you ain't going nowhere. Amen. To be excellent is in helping others to succeed, number one. Listen carefully. A prophecy is not a promise of what God is going to do. It is a promise of what God desires to do. Now let me rephrase that. Let me say it to you again. A prophecy on your life. When somebody comes and gives you a prophetic word that you God's going to use it to be a leader and be a pastor and do great things and do all this stuff, it, 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 it's, it's what God is going to do with you. Listen carefully. It's a promise of what God desires to do. What God, some say desires. desires. See, the problem, the, 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 this is the thing that you need to understand that God, people don't want to help others because they want to really want to become that pastor they were prophesied over already. <laughs> the only one that starts on top is a grave digger. You know that, right? No one else starts on top. It's just a grave digger. And he digs down, not up. We all got to start somewhere, amen? And we have to start somewhere. And as we start somewhere, or we start excelling, that means we want to make sure we help everyone else excel. Some say Excel. But it's up to you if you want to do it. I've seen leaders who don't want to do it. And I said, man, that's not healthy. I've talked to, I've went and did seminars. I sat there and, and answered a simple question. Well, how about if I don't want to do it? I'm like, whoa, you don't want to do it. Then you're not reading your word right. You're not understanding it. Everybody with me so far? Look at 1 Samuel chapter 18, verse 5. The reason why I want to talk about the prophetic, the reason why I want to talk about that, is because some people get caught up in that prophetic. And they get so lost in that that they forget the basic principles. 
1 Samuel chapter 18, verse 5. So David went out wherever Saul sent him, and he behaved wisely. Listen, disciples, listen, leaders. And Saul sent him over the men of war, and he was accepted. Man, this is powerful scripture. In the sight of all the people, and also in the sight of all the officers. There's so much right here. I mean, there's so much right here in this little section right here. There's so much how when you behave wisely, not only will the leaders, when, the, when God begins to lift you up as a leader, when you behave wisely, not only will the church respect you, but the leaders of the church will respect you. But when you're not behaving wisely, the church is like, Pastor, why did you get that guy? Why did you choose her? Why did you choose him? Do you know what they do? Do you know they're really face their Facebook? <laughs> oh, that was for free. I don't know where that came from. Flesh, I call it flesh book. Flesh book in the house. If you want to be successful, make the one above you successful. Joseph made Potiphar successful as David made Saul successful. You with me? David did all what Saul asked him. And he behaved wisely and he began to excel Saul's kingdom. He began to cause it to prosper. He began to win and he began to be over all these different things. Now, here's four questions you should ask your pastor, leader. These are four questions you should ask your pastor. Number one, pastor, what is in your heart? What is in your heart, pastor? I talked to your pastor about this. I want to rephrase what your pastor said. Write this down. If you're taking notes. First of all, he, 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 he wanted to explain his vision to you. If you should know the vision, he explained it to you. But three things he talked about. He wants his son and daughters to know God and his word. What's in his heart that you will know God and his word. Number two, that you will help him make disciples. Number three, that you will help them plant churches and homes. That's in the heart of your pastor. That you will know God's word and your calling. Make disciples and plant churches and homes. It's powerful. Question number two. Pastor, in helping you succeed, what is your hope? That my spiritual sons will catch a vision and a calling. That my spiritual sons and daughters will catch a vision and a calling. That they will become excellent and great in everything they do. That they become great and excellent in everything they do. Third question. In helping others succeed. Pastor, what are your hurts and fears? You know your pastor has hurts and fears. I have hurts and fears. Pastors have hurts and fears. Number one, that my sons and daughters don't become schemers and start lying about certain things. Number two, that my sons and daughters don't become Absalons like David and spit the kingdom of God. Number three, they don't betray the friendship or my trust. Jesus says, I no longer call you servant, but I call you friend. Mm. Fourth question. Pastor, where can I help you at as, as a leader? Allow yourself to be used and available. Number two, let's stay in covenant and committed to the vision. You know that I read this and talked to you about your pastor, and he was in, man, he just, it touched his heart. Do you know that this is every pastor so far that I've talked to, it's the same thing. I talked to your pastor, that's when the, the whore was in the car, told him, get out of the car real quick, I want to talk to your pastor. Because I read them to him, I talked to him, I want to share this with you really quick. And you tell me yes or no. He goes, yeah, that's exactly, what, that's exactly my heart. I said, you know why? Because that's every other great leader's heart. That we see our sons and daughters excel and become great. So if you're thinking he picked on you, he's not picking on you. He was, 
I was literally showing them this is every great leader that we see the ones we love excel. And the ones we love not betray us. Amen? You got to remember, working with people, working with leaders, it's risky. Jesus worked with leaders, and he had one betray him. This is what I'm going to tell you, three things. One betrayed him. One, one betrayed him. And one, one um, backstabbed, excuse me, um, what's the, um, David, um, Peter, Peter um, um, denied him. And then Thomas doubted him. Betray, what's the other one? Deny, Deny. Doubt. doubt. Wow. And that was just with 12 people. <laughs> and who knows, the other nine were tripping. The other nine took off running too, amen. It was only the girls that stuck around. Girls, hello somebody. That was for free, girls. <laughs> Woo. They guys should have got happy with that one. No, all right, it's all right. Our lady, our lady, our women would have been crazy. Right? <laughs> See, what happens, what happens when a pastor knows that you are there to help him succeed? You don't want to know what happens? Everyone want to know what happens? Number one, a bondage takes, a, a bonding takes place. A friendship begins to bond. When your pastor knows you're there, there's, there's a, a relationship begins to build. Because I, I back, because I'm a leader and not only am I a pastor and I'm a church planner, but I'm also a son. And, and, and I preach to you guys right now as a son, as, as to my pastor. And because I'm telling you something that, that took place with me is, is because with my pastor and staying in my position, know that I got his back, we begin to build a relationship. Number two, communication takes place. Now he can start sharing things with me. About the vision, about the church, because he knows I'm there to help him. When your pastor knows that the leaders are there to back him up, their conversations change. Oh, Jesus. Number three, favor takes place because now he can trust you. Wow. Your life becomes flexible and available now. Because you said what? Because he can trust you and use you in different places. You know that at one time I was a youth pastor, Sunday school teacher, head usher, sound man. And I can go on and more and more and more, uh, clean the church, doing all that stuff. Why? Because my pastor was able to trust me. And I became flexible. And I said, okay, whatever you want me to do, pastor, I'll do. And he took it literally. <laughs> Even though I didn't know what I was doing, I'll, I'll learn how to do it. I'll, why? Because we want to enhance the ministry. We want to enhance the vision. Amen. Fourth thing, what happens when a pastor knows that you're there to help him? Success takes place in your life. You develop an understanding of what your pastor wants. Wow. The jobs or the ministries start getting accomplished. I can tell you guys don't always have a worship team like this. You guys don't always have a sound team like this, a media team like this. You didn't always have what you guys have, but you guys, as you guys grew into it, as you guys begin to learn, leaders begin to learn and excel and understand what your pastor wanted. Man, I, I, you guys have a spirit of excellence in this church. You can see it. You can feel it. But every church of excellence gets challenged. I walked in and the beauty of the church. Is every, that shows me a lot. How you take care of a church shows me a lot about the church and about the people. You guys did a great job. But that's how you also why you guys have been challenged. Why your leadership has been challenged. I might not know you guys, but I know the devil. And I know his strategies. And I know how he works. Amen? Zig Ziglar said this. If you help someone else get what they want, you will always wind up getting what you want. <laughs> Let me, let me say it to you again. If you help someone get what they want, you will always wind up getting what you want. So if you're just after what you want, you're going to miss it. The leaders, if you're out there to help your pastor and help people and help your ministry, you're going to end up getting something that you're like, wow, well, how did this happen? I'm telling you, 
I have what I have now, not because I was after myself, it's because I was still backing up my pastor. When I got sent out to go pastor, I had service at 2 o'clock on a Sunday morning, and I was about an hour away from my pastor's church, so I would drive over there every Sunday morning. I would go to his 9 o'clock service to still help him out at church. Then after the 9 o'clock service and 11 o'clock service, I would drive back to start art service. Then I'd put my service on Wednesdays so I can help him on Thursdays. So here I am going to church, helping him on Sundays, still helping him on Thursdays, and still doing what we got to do on our church services. And I was still helping him run the homes, helping him develop the men and train men and his home directors and his women's home directors, still training them. Why? Because I started the home back in 93. So I was the home director. I was a home director who always wanted, I was a home director that wanted to stay a home director. But God called to be a pastor. Well, I didn't want a pastor. <laughs> but how many know you can't do what you want to do all the time? And so he ended up telling me, Edgy, God's called you to pastor. I'm like, okay. <laughs> that was a little scary. And everybody can vote for that one. Amen. Amen. And so I got sent out and, and, and I continued helping him and backing him up and supporting him. And all of a sudden, when I took a, I really took a, a, a look I didn't even know that God gave me a powerful worship team, powerful workers, and our church was exploding. Why? Because I was helping somebody else obtain their vision. And I was still obtaining mine at the same time. Come on, somebody. Give the Lord a great clap offering. Amen. So become an excellent. We have to learn to help others to succeed. Amen. Number two. Understand your role as a supporter, as a supporter. Leaders, you are a supporter. You need to understand, you need to know your role. You are a supporter. Somebody say, I'm a supporter. I need a support. Look at how many of you want to know, excuse me, how many of you here want to make it in your calling? Then give yourself to the ministry. Wow. If you really want to do what God called you, then you need to give yourself to the ministry. I, tell, I always tell the young ones, get lost in ministry, guys. I gave my 20s to the Lord. I gave my 30s to the Lord. I gave my 40s to the Lord. Now I'm working on my 50s to the Lord. I, 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 that's the best investment of my life. I got no regrets. I, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, thank God. I'm excited. Amen. Uh, uh, those, those things have blessed my life. I didn't waste them. I invested them. It's the best investment of my life. Because I've invested my other years in the wrong stuff. Amen. First Samuel chapter 18, verse 2. First Samuel chapter 18, verse 2. When you have it, say amen. First Samuel 18, verse 2 says this. Saul took him that day. And will not let him go home to his father's house anymore. My God. So here, go to verse, go to verse 5. Go to verse, now go to verse 5. So David went out wherever Saul sent him. Again, listen carefully. And behaved wisely. What did he do? Behave wisely. And Saul sent him over the men of war. And he was accepted in the sight of all the people. And also in the sight of Saul's servants. Wow. This is what I'm going to tell you. David understood that he was a helper. Someone say a helper. Saul in his position said, okay, you're a helper in my army. <laughs> you are a helper in the ministry that you're at. It's not your ministry. You're just helping. Oh, you missed that one. You, 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 this is the problem that we're having. Everybody thinks it's their ministry. You understand your support role. No, you're the helper. Let me tell you why. Can I tell you why? Let me tell you why. Even if you don't want to know, I'm going to tell you anyways. Here you go. I have always repented to my pastor. Even though he didn't even know what went wrong. I've always been open with my pastor. Pastor, I want you to forgive me. He goes, what would you do now? I said, Pastor, you know, I want to forgive you. I want you to forgive me. Why? Because, you know, uh, I don't want my heart to get black. I don't want my heart to get cold. I don't want nothing to enter my heart. I don't want nothing to get you. Pastor, I want you to forgive me. Oh, I forgive you, forgive you. No, Pastor, because you know what? I thought I was the pastor. I'm not the pastor. You're the pastor. I'm just a home director. 
I had to understand I was not the pastor. When I began to understand who I was, I excelled. David knew that he was, that he was a representative of Saul. So he behaved wisely in front of others. In front of the people, in front of the church, people are watching us, guys. The leaders, people are watching you. Amen. Leadership is funny games until it becomes real. <laughs> it's funny games until we're told stuff we don't want to hear. Until we're told that it's not yours, it don't belong to you. The hard thing about leadership is that if you don't tell them the truth, it'll turn into some weird stuff. See, it's not what you tell them, it's how you tell them. I've told my leaders, I've talked to my leadership, I deal with my leadership all the time. I, I work, I, I'm always, I'm always, I'm always uh, working my leadership, I'm always, I'm always uh, revamping it, I'm always restructuring it, I'm always changing them positions because I want them to fall in love with their position. I told you guys, love the people. Don't fall in love with the people. When you fall in love with people, you're going to get hurt. And then they're going to mess your heart up. And they're going to they're cause you to turn weird. Love them, but don't fall in love with them. The only one you fall in love with is your wife, your spouse. Amen? Listen, to, listen please. We must understand that we are representing our pastor and the ministry. And we must behave wisely as leaders, as supporters of our role. Amen? See, this is a hard thing to swallow, guys. Well, pastor, I, I'm the one who started this. I'm the, one who, who, I'm the one who did. I'm the one who spearheaded. Yes, but your pastor had the vision. Your pastor got his put as the shepherd to shepherd the sheep. See, leaders right now, this should be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you don't understand, we're like, what are you talking about, Willis? <laughs> Understanding your role makes you more powerful. Understanding your role makes you more dangerous. Understanding your, more, your role makes you more effective. Because that means that you are not bound to one ministry, that you are, can be fluctuated like crazy, flexible like crazy. That means that you can be used for anything. And a person that can do anything, that's a dangerous person. <laughs> Some of you guys, I know you guys have you know, a lot of, you guys do a lot of things in church. That's what makes you dangerous. When the enemy tries to tie you down to one thing, to fall in love just with one thing, oh, this is mine. This is my baby right here. This is my baby. <laughs> Don't look at it. You cannot touch it. This is my nursery. This is my Sunday school. This is my praise and worship dream. I mean, excuse me, excuse, excuse me. And we, we <laughs> you know, you know what's scary about that is that when we will not rise of the leaders, and we won't be supporting, we won't be helping others. And so that's what because that's what I'm telling you. Just understand your role, understand your position, understand that you're more dangerous if you can do more than just one thing. I didn't know my pastor was preparing me to pastor. I didn't know that. I didn't know he had me doing this and doing that and doing that and doing that and help him here, help him there, and working with him, doing all these other stuff and help me. I, was, I didn't know he was preparing me. I didn't know what he was doing. But God was getting me ready for something different. Some of you, God's getting you ready for something different, something greater, something mightier. Amen? Come on, give the Lord a great clap offering. Amen? David showed excellence in his support role that caused him to excel and achieve much more than he was expected for him. This guy, David, he didn't expect what he got. He didn't expect what happened to him happened to him. He was just doing his role. And as he did his role, great things began to happen, guys. I'm telling you right now, because of excellence, he was able to achieve more than he thought he could do. Listen to this. You are amazed what you can do if we give ourselves our all to God. You'll be amazed. 
I didn't think that I'll be able to do what I'm doing now because simply because I thought I was just going to call a pastor. I didn't think I was called to develop leaders, do seminars, do conferences, church plant, do all these different things. I didn't think I was able to. I'm working right now with the district attorneys. We go to all the schools and we teach right now uh, uh, programs in the schools. Uh, I just did a, a big old gang panel last week, all dealing with all different. I was speaking to, I was speaking to, I'm speaking to colleges, to the, the the new district attorneys, the new cops. I'm talking, you talking about we doing all this stuff, and I got to, who am I? I exceeded everything that I thought I was supposed to be doing. I mean, I can go into so many things that God has did, and 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 I'm not trying to brag. I'm just trying to show you how you will excel more than you ever imagined when you understand your role, when you understand who you are. Amen. Number, number three, just to go along just re re really quick. I, I want to deal with this. This is what I want to deal with really quick. We must be successful in our support role. So not only, not only are, we, are we to know our role, but we must be successful in it. You catch what I'm saying? Some people think, well, okay, okay I know what I'm doing. I'm just going to help that person. Okay, I'm just going to help her. I'm just going to help him. No, no, no. You're going to help him, and you're going to help them be successful. They're going to be better than you. You know what I tell my sons and daughters? I tell them this, I want you better than me. I'm going to train you to be the best, and I want you to outgrow me. I want your churches bigger than me. I want you to do better and greater things than I've ever done. I want you to become the best. And I tell them all the time, I want you to outgrow me all the time. I tell them all the time, I want you guys to do better than I ever have. I want the best for you. And I, I don't say it just, I don't say it just, I say that for a purpose and a reason. I want the best for them. And I want to make sure I do my job and, I, and, and they become the best of the best. I hear them preaching sometimes. I'm like, wow, man, they're good. I see what God's doing with them. I see, man, I see them excelling. I said, man, it makes me, makes me happy to see God using them greatly and mightily. Amen. Amen. Your pastor feels great when you guys are doing your role and fulfilling your purpose. And when you are helping others succeed in their support role, man, that's even greater. Even greater. Listen carefully. David was successful in a support role. While under Saul, he gained favor with the people. Four things happened in his support role, guys. I'm going to say promotion. promotion. He got promotion. He got responsibility. Simple. All he got was he was given responsibilities. Number two, favor with the people. He gained love from others. Number three, respect of the leaders. They knew he was a great leader and a good leader because he knew that he cared. Number four, success gave him trouble with other leaders. Hmm. Success will give you trouble. If you're a good leader, you're going to have some trouble. Someone say trouble. We have to watch out for these things in our strive for excellence and success, guys. People don't talk about this, but I'm going to talk about this right now. One of the number one killers of leadership is jealousy. Someone say jealousy. jealousy. What does jealousy accomplish? Nothing. Someone say nothing. It doesn't accomplish nothing. What it, what, it, what it accomplishes, someone else gets your job. Someone else ends up with your job. Jealousy is a demon that cannot... Jealousy is a demon that can get every one of us. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter where you've been. Doesn't matter what you think. Jealousy will hit us all. Pastors, leaders, somebody say everybody. everybody. It comes in different forms and different shapes. Jealousy will cause you to lose focus. Instead of chasing the Philistines, Saul started chasing David. Saul started chasing David. He wasn't supposed to chase David. He was supposed to chase what? The Philistines. Listen carefully, guys. Don't get jealous of your pastor or brothers that succeed. Jealousy will cause you to lose respect mm -mm. from the people and your pastor. Listen to what I'm going to say. Everything you work hard for is going to go down the drain. Everything you work hard for People have noticed the same way people will notice when you get jealous. Wow. Listen to this. Jealousy will cause you to lose your relationship. Excuse me. Jealousy will cause you to lose your leadership position. You see, successful, be successful in your support role 
means protect yourself. Some say protect yourself. You have to protect yourself, guys. I want the worship team to start coming this way really quick. I want to go through this, this one really quick. I, uh, um, jealousy is an, is, a, is an ugly beast, but it hits us all. It attacks us. Comes in different forms and different shapes, guys. One of the, one, number four, don't blow it or lose it on where you're at. If you're going to be excellent, if you're going to be a great leader, someone say, don't blow it. First Samuel 13 through 16 talks about David right there with Judah and all these great things happen right there. David could have blew everything, but he behaved wisely, guys. He could, he could, he could have handled Saul. He cut a piece of his robe off and could have killed Saul. Because of the jealousy of Saul throwing spears at him and everything at him. Now I want to show you something great really quick. When Saul disobeyed God, the prophet grabbed a hold of his garment. And this is what happened. He said, the same way that I ripped this off of you is the same way the kingdom's ripped from you. And you know who was the next person that had his robe in his hand? Who was it? David. David, trans God transferred all that he lost into David's hand without David retaliating against jealousy. You don't have to retaliate against jealousy. You don't have to. Somebody, you don't have to. You don't have to retaliate against jealousy. See, three ways we blow it, guys, in the middle of our success. We get distracted. We get distracted. We get distracted by what? We get distracted by our job. Your job comes first, and God becomes second, and your ministry becomes last. We get distracted by bills. We start, paying our, we start paying our bills and forget about paying our tithes. We get distracted by kids. And we, 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 our kids get in trouble in church, and, and we feel like our kids are the only holy ones in the church. It ain't true. It ain't true. Believe me, it ain't true. I got kids. Hallelujah. Some say selfish things. We get distracted by selfish things. We, face, we, we, get, we get faced with, with, with wanting time off of ministry, day off of ministry, and, and, and I'm telling you right now that it'll mess you up. Number two, we get rejected and start feeling sorry for ourselves. This is how we blow it in the middle of ministry. Is, as leaders, we get, we, we, we get rejected and start feeling sorry for ourselves. Why? Because by family, not by family, they, they get mad at us and they don't come around us no more and we, we start getting hurt and we feel rejected by our family. Well, because I'm too much doing ministry. My family's mad at me. We get rejected and start feeling sorry for ourselves. Our, our loved ones, we start having problems with our spouses and our children. Then we say, I want to quit. I'm done with this. Our pastor, just like our pastor, we, we, our pastor didn't forget to tell us hi when we get mad. He forgot to shake our hand or he didn't visit us for one of our events. And we get hurt. We feel rejected by him. Number three, we get discouraged. We want everything now. By the things we see, others are getting, others are, are, are getting ahead. Listen, listen, Kerry. We see other guys fall, get back up, and the pastor loves them. Oh, what about us, Pastor? Well, you didn't fall. You don't, you don't need mercy and grace right now. I'm telling you, man, I got my guys, a guy will fall and I love on him. He'll go, Pastor, what about me? Hey, don't. Everything, everything I have belongs to you. Don't get weird. I love you too. But this guy needs right now love and mercy. One of my pastors, uh, one, of the, one of the guys that's sitting out, he, he got hit hard. And, he, and he's, now he's, he's back in the church and he's just broken right now. He's just broken before God. And I've been working with him and I'm just, I'm just loving on him. Why? Because he needs that attention right now. And he's helping him. I said, everybody, I go, look at guys. He needs help. Love on him. You guys see him? Just love on him. Don't, don't judge him. Don't say to him. Just love him. Don't help the devil. Come on, somebody. Don't help the devil. See, we, by, by what we see, by, by what others have, we see people getting cars, houses, married, having happiness. God, what about me? What about me? So we get, all, we get discouraged by this. Your time's going to come. You're going to get married. Don't worry. You're going to go through your trouble. <laughs> I mean, praise the Lord. 
You're going to get your car. You're going to have your own problems. Hello, somebody. I'm telling you guys. We all, we're talking about things right now. This is, this is right here, is what I'm going through right now, guys, is a 12-week course. I did it really quick with you guys. I didn't want to lose anything. 12-week course. And I want to just do this last thing right here. Rise above others through a right attitude. Somebody say right attitude. And 1 Samuel 26, 6 through 12 says, And he said to these men, The Lord forbid that I should do this thing to my master. David kept the right attitude towards everything that he came, that came his way. That's why he was successful in everything that he did. We must understand that excellence and success work hand in hand. He had a chance to be wicked to the king, but he refused to pay to play his game. He refused to play the devil's game. You cannot be successful unless there is success in your life. Remember, greater he that's in you than he that's in the world. Greatness is in us. Success is in us. Let it rise. Someone say, let it rise. I want you to stand with me tonight, church. Stand with me tonight. Every leader, every leader has been faced with some adversity. Every helper has been faced with adversity. The reason why, because God is equipping us to become greater and mightier. God is preparing us to take land. God is preparing you, preparing us as a church, guys, to take the vision that he's given us to a different level, to a different place. The sharper that we become as leaders, the more effective we can be in the ministry. So I challenge you this morning or tonight, let the excellence come out of you like never before. Rise to the place of excellence like never before. Come on, somebody, amen. Rise to the place of excellence like never before. Every head bowed, every eye closed tonight. You're saying, Pastor, I want to do everything that God's called me to do. I want to become that leader God called me to be. I want to become excellent in my ministry and in my position. I want to become excellent in everything that you've given me, God. If that's you today, God spoke to you. If God spoke to you, you're saying, I, I, I want to become everything God wants me to be. I want you to come right now. I want you to come now, 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 now. Come, come, allow the spirit of excellence to come out of you like never before. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah.